Web3 with me is a discussion style podcast about the ins and outs of Web 3.0, hosted by Zach French, known as Off Edge in the verse. From crypto to NFTs, DAOs to DeFi, we cover the abstract philosophical promises and the new business models enabled in this new decentralized world. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or watch the show on YouTube. Thanks and enjoy. Zach French is a bar certified attorney and nothing expressed by Zach during Web3 with me shall be considered legal advice. All the opinions expressed by Zach and his guests are solely their own opinions. All content in Web3 with me is for informational purposes only. Zach and his podcast guests may maintain positions in the securities discussed during Web3 with me. My guest today is a special one, Joshua Sobel, known as Ah Heck in the verse. He is a dear, dear friend and someone I am so honored to call my mentor. He's an accomplished producer, producing eight feature films. Most recently, Phil Tippett's hellish nightmare, Mad God, which will be available in the US and UK on Shutter in June. He was the American ambassador for virtual reality at Cannes Next in 2018 and 2017. And most recently, he's been a student of Web3. Pairing his skills of being a retail investor, risk-taking producer, and lifetime collector of fine art, Josh has built one of the most impressive NFT collections out there. Also, Josh is a key contributor of Beans DAO, an experimental DAO focused on the proliferation of decentralized IP, which I am also a key contributor for. I hope you'll enjoy this episode. Now for my conversation with Josh. LFG, baby. Time to start vibing. Oh, heck. Welcome to Web3 with me, sir. Sir, thank you for having me. Dude, it's such a pleasure. Such a right? pleasure. Uh, you know, honestly, I think we've been talking about podcasts for mm, six months at least, on and off. Um, but now we got a show to be on. So now everybody has to listen to us. <laughs> well, thanks to anyone who is listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, cool. Well, I know you pretty well, but um, you know, I want to start a little bit with a uh, founding story. Uh, specifically around Web3, but feel free to go far as back as you want, um, as much as you want to share uh, that would be helpful for our audience. Cool. Um, my name is Josh. I go by Aw Heck in the metaverse. And I started my life, my career, I guess, as a film producer, which was my day-to-day nine-to-five, so to speak. And I also at the same time, was very interested in art collecting and have always been fascinated with art. So it's always been something that I've tried to do on the side. And I collected an artist by the name of Kenny Scharf, who I grew up loving. He was like one of the first artists that I purchased a print from and, you know, got it framed and put it on the wall and just kind of felt how different my environment was as well as my mood when I was around art that I enjoyed versus the art that you can find at any kind of home goods store or just decor store that you grow up around in so many environments. And my very close friend, Gavin Shapiro, reached out to me. And this was in about July of 2020. And was like, man, I just got invited to put my art up on this new website that says that they're going to sell it digitally. 
and you're an art collector. Like, what do you think? So I checked it out and I saw that Kenny Scharf had art there. And I was like, dude, Kenny's doing this. And Kenny's like, he's like an OG, you know, he, he was like boys with Banksy, not Banksy, um, Basquiat and, you know, Warhol and some of the greats in like the eighties when he was first coming up, Keith Haring. And I was like, Gavin, you should definitely take this seriously. So he started minting with Nifty Gateway back in, I think it was like July of 2020. I, at the time, had no interest in collecting digital art. I didn't really understand why anyone would want to collect digital art when you can collect paintings or sculptures. I can't put it on my wall. I can't put it on my wall. (laughs) Exactly, man. So it was like, what would be the purpose of, of doing this? But I saw that, you know, there was a market for it. Gavin started to get work um, and collectors. And at that point I was like, man, I, I might want to collect a piece of Gavin's. So at that point is when I kind of just plunged into the space and into the world. And here we are like a year and a half later, uh, <laughs> you know, my life has kind of changed, but it's still that same kind of like, you know, curiosity that led me here. Pretty cool. Do you remember like when you were first starting to buy into the space? What if there was specific art that made you feel the way you felt or a similar feeling to anger. when you first bought? Anger. Uh, it was there was so much anger when I first came in. I mean, it was like that curiosity and then you know, trying to buy a piece of Gavin's art, for instance, and not being able to, just feeling like the you know just i i was so infuriated to be honest like when i first started collecting first the first domination exactly man it was like (laughs) i i felt like my soul had just lifted from my body and i was just completely seeing red i mean it's totally infuriating you know you're waiting in one of these um you know it's it's you know the waiting room that where I mean, for me, it was like similar to the emotion of trying to buy tickets for your favorite artist when you were growing up and, you know, just like waiting on Ticketmaster, watching the clock, your heart is beating and you feel like you're going to get front row seats, but you end up just like in the worst nosebleed back section possible, just kind of lucky that you even got in because all your friends were like, it's sold out in like, you know, five minutes or whatever. Um, So that kind of same nostalgic emotion of just like i need to be able to understand what's going on here and find a way to yeah to to you know to conquer it in in some ways um that is what kind of drove my real initial curiosity and once i started to just connect with works and just find things that i thought were interesting and compelling i started to you know, buy them and look at them and see how I felt. And uh, yeah, it, it, it was very, it was like a very similar high that you would feel when you're collecting any kind of artwork. You know, that is amazing that you're able to one, identify the emotions, right? For sure. And two, use those emotions to fuel your like kind of rabbit hole or thrust into the space. I want to, I want to come back to, cause I have a sense, at least from my experience that, um, that those same feelings are still around. <laughs> There's Definitely. domination on a regular basis. Um, yeah. But I want to you know, switch gears more and just kind of round out your 
you know, your founding story, the way that, I mean, we first talked on the phone, yeah. um, but after we got to know each other and I bought my first NFT with you, um, which was amazing experience, Blau faces, shout out. Thank you. <laughs> totally. Um, you invited me to a group chat. And at that point in, in my life, personally, I was starting to be a believer that the best way to participate uh, and learn is to get, find, you know, the individuals that are interested in the same things and have small chats as much as possible. Now, at first it started as like a mastermind group, but it's so hard to get everybody together. But the yeah. group chat was participate when you can, right? Now you have to participate sometimes, which you're very good at regulating, but um, it's a long-winded way of asking like, what have you always been a group chatter uh, organizer? Or is this something that really formed in the NFTs? Like, how did you start to do that? Because it's so brilliant. <laughs> um, I mean, dude, yeah, I, I think communication is vital to any of, you know, any community, any project, any, any company, any business. Um, that's, you know, that's first and foremost. So once we were able to like establish a core group of people who all, you know, shared this interest and wanted to learn more. I think it was vital to starting like a little WhatsApp group. I didn't even know what discord was, yeah, <laughs> you know, back either, then. <laughs> um, so it was like, yeah, let's, let's do WhatsApp. And, and that's kind of what I use because, you know, when I'm making these, these films internationally, uh, WhatsApp was always the messenger choice um, preferred because it was over the internet and we didn't have to have like the same cell phone service or anything. So when you're in, you know, the middle of Mexico and Irapuato shooting, or you're over in the Philippines in Manila, um, in Obundo or, you know, somewhere that's just kind of off your typical cell phone grid. Uh, WhatsApp has always kind of been there, but yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of just like such a major component of my everyday life that kind of taking it into art collecting and into what, you know, would now be this Web3 space that we're in. It, it Yeah, just finding a way where we could all be on the exact same page, getting ready for whatever drop was happening that day. And I mean, you remember when we were first getting into this, we were all just completely like hyper addicted, which I... <laughs> would hope that we've learned something from that experience and it's gotten more spaced out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you know, that was like the one <laughs> thing that, you know, looking back, I wouldn't say I regret it. Cause man, we were just like, we were so excited and we felt like, you know, this is just this completely revolutionary way of storing, uh, you know, um, ownership and proving ownership. And, once, once all of those like light bulbs and epiphanies started to go off, you know, you, you want to, you feel like you're already, you know, just backtracking and trying to keep up with these, you know, these personas that you see online, these anon figures that, you know, are almost like these, these, you know, cult-like figures on the internet that everything they do is, is, right and all of the projects that they touch turn to gold and they've been in crypto for 10 plus years so who are you to even try and compete with them 
but it was like hey dude like you know we all had our own interest in investing and we all had our own um you know at least like you know for me it was like i had been investing for 10 years before this and it's always been something that um i tried to stay on top of because as a film producer you you want to try and have shared interests with your investors and so many of them you know wanted to talk about which companies were you know uh going to give them the the highest return of investment and you know where they were getting their largest dividends from and like all these things like were things that i always just wanted to pay attention to so i could be in that conversation so you know when i came to crypto which which mind you i wanted to get into a while ago but being that i'm in film production and a film producer on like risky indie thrillers and horror films um which just have an, enough inherent risk to them i've tried to be a very like measured and calculated investor who you know <laughs> tries to be quite conservative with my investing practice so yeah i try i tried to like come into the crypto space from that angle but my traditional financial advisors were like you cannot do anything like digital cryptocurrency money which they you know obviously have no education in and they're especially you know, then i imagine yeah, you're, of course you're, of course you're talking about like 2017 2018 i'm guessing like the, the yeah, first 2015 time. was really i think the first time that i brought it up and they were just like no way dude what are you even talking about so you know i i felt um somewhat uh i don't know just like subservient to these voices of advisors that i had around me that you know my family had trusted so i you know i wanted to take their guidance to as i, I mean i trusted them they were the professionals so it was like yeah. you know i'm gonna do that but yeah that's i forgot kind of where we were we went on a little tangent we're, just, we're talking about the power of groupthink, and yeah. you're identifying what foundations you had that made you want to like that allowed you to start putting together people in the nft space in a in a group chat and the reason it sounds like if you could is the reason is that you're starting to take your own like reins of your own uh, decisions when it comes to investments. Yeah. At so this point. having this group of like-minded people, as opposed to, you know, financial advisor who's passive at, you know, Merrill Lynch or something like that. Right. Is like, you're, you're starting to like basically build your resources if, if you will, to try and do this. And it sounds like it was a good balance of what you were doing. Cause you were taking, I'm in a risky business yeah. to an extent, right? Yeah, like yeah definitely. Films. Yeah, you don't know how well the films are going to do. So yeah. you're conservative with the money you earn from them, right? Yeah. And then you kind of go into this NFT space where it's like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> who the hell knows what's going to happen? I mean, yeah. I don't think you got to be rocket scientists to know that this is going to have massive power laws and massive fat tail returns for very few people where you will be looking at very few pieces that will return the fund, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, so it's, yeah, it's cool. It's kind of like you, once you started making the decisions, then you kind of assimilated back to the decisions to, to do risky films. You're doing risky investments. Um, exactly. and the, and having Gavin, I'm sure was, was helpful because 
I mean, at least what it was for me when I first got into like hear the artist perspective, um, was, was super helpful. Well, it was incredibly helpful, but it was also, you know, we, we were all at that point just doing it for, you know, for a number of reasons, but you know, that initial enthusiasm was just like, you know, tons of excitement and, you know, we, we were able to take his knowledge of, you know, the visual effects landscape that he had spent the past 15 years working up in to then be able to transition into this new space that was really almost like, you know, built on top of that. So, or at least built on top of that experience with, you know, all of the visual artists and motion graphics designers who are now these very high profile artists. Well, thanks. Thanks for that, Josh. And, you know, let's take a look at some of Gavin's work. I mean, it is, you know, the most adorable, amazing to watch. My kid loves it. Um, you know, all the flamingos, the penguins, it's gorgeous. You know, now that we've got kind of your founding story and we know what really drives you and how you're making these decisions, you know, I want to hear how you're participating in this Web3. Like, what, what is your role? What does your day-to-day look like? Where, where are you spending your time? Um, what is a day in the life of, of all heck? Wow. Um, you know, I, I don't say that every day has as much routine as, you know, you might think it does. But to me, it's like just like, with anything else, just following that curiosity. So with NFTs specifically, it's like that you can only have so many different communities that you're following every day or that you're giving your attention and your consideration because otherwise, like it's going to be so easy to get burnt out. So I, I feel like I try and check discord similarly to how I check emails and the way that I have found in the past that works for me is that I have all notifications turned off on absolutely everything. Um, so nothing ever interrupts my train of thought or, you know, whatever I'm trying to be present doing. Um, so like I'm only checking discord or I'm only checking email at times when it's on my mind or it's something that I'm curious about. So I think also like, you know, to, not have notifications you have to you have to check your phone somewhat like uh you know a maniac so every few hours for sure i'll be you know circling back and seeing if there's any any new you know pings or those little red notifications that they send you but you know otherwise i'm never i'm never like alerted by them you know on my computer so unless it's honestly except i totally agree with that by the way for pack I have pack notifications on discord set up. So like, if you hear a notification pack has said something, the great, you know, and wise, I'm uh, not, <laughs> you know, you know, some of our audience might not know what they are. Uh, yeah. I, I, I would question that, but yeah. Okay. Pack is, you know, kind of our North star of sorts within this world. And I, remember looking at like the like a list of the top crypto artists right when i was first getting into it and beep people was kind of like you know the the 
prodigal son. Everyone was really googly eyed over Beeple and he was gearing up for that massive sale and everything. And I looked at number two and I was like, who's the number two crypto artist that like, you know, might be hidden in the shadows somewhat, you know, somewhat. Um, and that was PAC. And I looked at PAC's work and I was like, this is something that I could see the art world, like the more traditional art world understanding and getting behind because he felt to me like it was just a, a real glowing example of minimalism and you know minimalism has such a rich history within art history and like such a rich and profound appreciation even to the point where it like frankly pisses me off like there are some minimalist artists that i just hate for a number of reasons um who i'm not going to shout out now but um, <laughs> you don't want to start a hit know, list? no i mean there's there's like you know there's one artist that i hate i i, I with like such like a a real and profound, like, no, I mean, like, I guess I'll have to say it's Carl Andre. I fucking hate and <laughs> loathe Carl Andre. I, you know, I, you know, I think he murdered Anna Mendieta, who's one of like the most important, significant Cuban artists and just like, you know, profound voice. And then whatever, this guy got acquitted of her murder. And always like, it's, oh, it's something that like, I feel like needs to, be brought That's, up because oh you were such like like you know i go to museums and i see his work still displayed and like you know people are allowed to walk on it because it's just like materials that are presented in their like most minimal presentation usually it's just like tiles on the floor or something really like stupid um, and that's like, frankly, what I thought of when I first saw like the dot of pack, you know, just like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, God damn it. What the hell is this? Like, you know, this super minimalist, but then I, you know, the more that I studied it and the more that I came to understand pack's entire, you know, overall of work, I was just kind of blown away by how conceptual it was. And it, it started drifting away from like you know, reminding me of Carl Andre and more so of like Bruce Nauman or any of like the other conceptualist artists that um, I love so much. And PAC, um, at that time, their work was still somewhat accessible in the marketplace. So I just started collecting their pieces and, you know, I, I, I made some significant investments at this time um, so that you know, I could have, I could have some cool pieces in the future that I thought were, um, very much of the time, let's just say. So I started really getting into pack and yeah, he kind of, or they kind of became like, you know, as you would say, one of the, the branches on my bonsai tree, which I, I think that's such like an amazing, analogy that you've given me if you or like anecdote i don't know if you've shared that yet with your listeners here but and i'll be honest it's not not mine Uh, (laughs) yeah everyone steals everything yeah yeah it is it is a friend of mine who also has a a very very popular podcast so uh if you ever if you ever out there pounding the table they they were the creators of the bonsai but it it really is the best analogy and i'm sure they weren't the creators but you know whatever that's where i got it from you know Um, yeah but the, it, it is a really great analogy because, you know, for, for the audience, when, when you're trimming a bonsai, you, 
you you just making sure it's not growing out in too too much of one direction. So sometimes when things get overgrown, hence your exposure to pack or your exposure to tech stocks, right? In their <laughs> context, right? Yeah. You try back a little bit, you know, and you let a new branch grow and you put that into a new idea, if you will. And totally. pack has used that analogy to describe their work. Yeah. Right. Pack has said there is not always an in game, and this is not a direct quote, but there's not always an in game to my collections. It's I'm starting a branch. Yeah. Where the branch goes is up to my collectors. He's or they they're making their collectors the creators, right? I mean, this sweatshirt is a great example of that. This was a it's called FOMO verse. Uh, it was a random, somewhat random drop. We knew it was coming a couple of days ahead of time. Um, and I love the dot. Um, <laughs> and my coaster. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great prop for our, you know, for our podcast. I mean, if I could, I'll tell you a really funny story. Uh, Please, of this. Uh, you, you probably know this, but okay. So I have, I was, I was over at my neighbor's house when the drop was happening and all pack had told us was like a broad range. I think it was like m- maybe 12 hours, maybe a little less than 12 hours of time when the drop would happen for FOMO. And we knew, and then, so there was a spaces that siblings and siblings is a alpha uh, discord. Uh, Shout out JC. Shout out JC for sure. Siblings were the OG pack collectors, right? Um, now there's a bunch of different stuff around Ash, but anyways, they're having a, a marathon of uh, a spaces until they announced it. So I'm go over to my my neighbor's house and I've taken my kid over there. The kids are playing, and my neighbor hears my phone on. He's like, "What are you listening to?" Because like. Who listens to stuff while they're with other people? Um, I'm like, well, actually, it's a spaces, and I start to explain to them this whole FOMO verse thing. <laughs> well, about two hours later, I was like, I need to go home. I gotta get the baby bottle or something like that. I walk in, and all I hear is, the website's been released. <laughs> <laughs> and I quickly open my computer, hoping my kid's okay, and I open it up, and I and I get it, and I click it, and it's like, you're too late. And I'm like but let me try and reload the page. That was the trick. You had to reload the page, then connect your wallet, then get it, then you would get in there. And so this limited release of like 1200 or something uh, FOMO parcels, I was lucky enough to get one. And that one is number 777. And we all know how addition sizes have their nice little uh, aside, but just an example of kind of the stuff that PAC does. PAC went from being like the minimalist, uh, contemporary, aesthetically speaking, kind of uh, artist to being the most prolific user of the medium as part of Pax Art, which I think just kind of lends itself to the brilliance, right? Totally. Pretty cool. Um, so let me ask you this. What, what are the, I know that we both are involved in a bunch of different what we call layer ones, which are different uh, blockchains upon which you can purchase NFTs. Uh, the most popular being Ethereum. Uh, then there's also Solana, which has gotten a lot of press of late. Uh, I don't like Solana. Yeah, I mean, neither do I. I've not had a good experience on Solana. Um, neither have I. 
I have to say, like, I, I tried to get into it. I've got some, you know, friends who have pointed me towards it, but I have not had a positive experience on that blockchain. So there's a lot of nuances. I can't, I can't stand by, uh, you know, I don't know. I guess they're, they're clean or whatever, but I haven't seen any, anything that I've really been excited about. Building. And don't you feel like you hear a ton more rug pulls and a ton more? I mean, don't get me wrong. ETH is full of its own scams for sure. I uh, think also but, like, so my 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 new dislike for Solana really has to do with OpenSea taking their NFTs over Tezos and feeling like they almost made it like it was like Solana versus Tezos in, in just like maybe I I think maybe I made this whole thing up in my mind but I I think I'm such like a Tezos diehard at this point that anything that's taking away from Tezos getting the attention that it so desperately deserves. And um, yeah, it just becomes like something that I can't support. So sorry, soul fans. But if you want to send me anything, my address is domination of my soul. Domination of my dot soul. <laughs> did you actually get it? <laughs> yeah, I did get it. I got, yeah. I think I also got like dominated dot soul as well, but just, <laughs> just to have for, so for like, you know, I think like for at least 10 or 20 years, I will be dominated by soul. Uh, you can put that just, down below. Yeah, but, yeah. Okay. So to stop talking about Solana. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about Tezos. Cause I know Tezos. that is very close to your heart, not yeah. just because of your comments, but because of the raw, art that is available there and the entry points i think is helpful but you know what how do you approach tezos versus ethereum versus other layer ones you know where tezos, are you spending time now? yeah tezos is really my champion at this point i feel like it's such an amazing blockchain to work on and i love all the added benefits of it being clean and it being sustainable and it being um, you know, good for the environment, which I think so much of the crypto space is just a little bit ignorant towards, you know, the the amount of destruction there is um, and how heavy of a toll it generates towards the environment, even though like, you know, I obviously believe in the underlining technology and, and think that it, you know, is worth what is happening right now and everyone obviously working towards finding a solution um tezos is just such an amazing blockchain to buy nfts from frankly i mean that's that's how i know it uh and it was it kind of reminds me of like these blockchains i view them almost like cities or neighborhoods in a way and you know with a, a cool neighborhood the first thing that'll happen is it'll get like a, a cool coffee shop. There'll be tons of artists hanging out. Art will start appearing on the walls. Um, you know, it's like what happened in Soho or in Williamsburg or in Wynwood, um, even like downtown LA and like the arts district there. Like there are these artistic little, you know, communities that'll spawn, that'll make these neighborhoods very cool. And in Tezos, I was attracted to it for the art. You know, there were, there were just these artists that I really wanted to collect who were minting on there. So I had to like navigate all these obstacles of, you know, figuring it out. And 
none of my friends were collecting on Tezos at this point. I feel like I was one of the first out of like our little community to just like be like, all right, no, I'm, I'm going to figure this out and do it because there are these, there are these few artists that like I loved who are minting on it. And yeah, it uh, it's been probably the, the blockchain that I've collected the most on that I've supported the most on. And I, I use it the most more than way more than Ethereum, probably 10, at least 10 times more than Ethereum. So, okay. So Tezos, um, I, I kind of feel the same way. Um, Tezos is a, it's just more pure, you know, it's like, really, if you want, if you're, if you're here for the art, you go to Tezos. Um, there's a, we'll have some links in the show notes to the various Tezos platforms. There's a few of them now. I think most popular, probably object at this point. Yeah. Versum object. I mean, it's, it's kind of where I would point anyone who's just getting into NFTs to start because you're able to go through that euphoria of just collecting and amassing, you know, multiple pieces in your, in your collection for a fraction of what you'd have to spend on Ethereum. And let's put, that, let's put that in perspective, Josh. What, yeah. what, so what is like the average Tez piece that you purchase? What, how much is a Tezos worth? What's the range? And then, you know, how much are you usually spending on a piece? Yeah. When I first started collecting on Tezos, Tezos was about $2 a Tez, you know? So it was like, you could load up your wallet for, you know, a couple thousand bucks and you would have a thousand Tezos to go out there and, and, go crazy. And most of the pieces that we first started collecting were like one Tezos, a pop. So or three or, or, three. Yeah, or like, you know, less than five. So, <laughs> you know, you were able to be collecting for, you know, to speak in dollars, uh, like $15 and gas fees were like a few cents. So experimenting and, and just being able to get a hang of, this whole wild world of blockchain um, with Tezos was kind of like a huge lifesaver because, you know, when we first started out, we spent, or like, I mean, I'm, I'll just talk about myself, but I spent so much money on Nifty Gateway because they had access to credit cards. And it was like, I could just put in my credit card and, you know, spend a thousand dollars here, you know, 5,000 there, you know, buy, buy a, a fuck render piece here or, you know, another mad dog here. And it's like, the next thing you know, you've spent like more than you've ever spent. I mean, for me, this was like, I spent more money on Nifty Gateway in, you know, a month than I think I've spent in my entire life collecting fine art. And I would spend so much time and scrutinization at these art shows over, you know, a painting for a few thousand dollars. And on Nifty Gateway, they would just tell me in the morning, like, yeah, you're, you're getting this, <laughs> you know, you're getting this, this new piece from Shapiro or from Pac or from any of these, you know, Rafik or anyone. It's like a few thousand dollars. And you're just like, yeah, of course I'll do it. It's like a, it's an addition. Like, yeah. Um, it's hard so, to yeah. compare it to real life purchases too. Really, you go in there, you're like, you're like, well, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to get the extra whatever at this restaurant. And you're like, I just yeah, like, went to this drop and dropped a thousand bucks. Yeah, I dude, I, over ten dollars for the extra. Whatever. I would park like ten minutes away to avoid, you know, parking fees that are like five dollars. 
you know, when I'm going somewhere, but like to mint something that's in demand, you see me like, you know, pumping up the gas to 300 quay, like it's nothing. So, and, and you know, the, I, I guess I learned, <laughs> I don't want to say that I learned like my degenerate side from watching, you know, who I consider to be like, you know, one of the best traders that I've learned everything from. Um, I think that's a better way to preface, you know, what I've, what I've learned from this person. Um, but no, man, when, when I first started watching Jack trade and this is Jack, Jack Moshka, he's another, just like one of the people who came into my life shortly after I got obsessed with NFTs who Gavin introduced me to, um, they were close friends and Gavin could tell that I was getting obsessive about this. He was like, dude, you should meet my boy, Jack Ma. He does the same thing. And we started like a little group between us, between the three of us and that, um, you know, with, with those two OGs, they're like the OGs of OGs as far as I'm concerned. And they've been kind of like the ones who have been guiding me. Gavin's so much more conservative and, you know, he's still very, um, yeah he's still gavin but but jack is like <laughs> jack we, especially with the apes and everything we've we've created a bit of a monster at uh you know to i mean especially within myself we'll just ape into things now that we have this like this persona of an ape but yeah jack got me into that whole world he he like yeah i i was completely just focused on you know, NFTs and Nifty Gateway and on Tezos and stuff. And then, you know, I think Jack was a whole other conversation that we could, we could have, you know, we started talking about other L1s, but um, I think naturally we can just bring up this, you know, and how he kind of came into the mix, um, you know, cause Gavin, Gavin said, you know, there's this friend of mine, Jack, he, I, I got to know him in New York and like along with a lot of other um, artists who we are now friends with. But Jack had this, this NFT project called Crypto Beans. And he was like, dude, you should check out the Crypto Beans and, you know, support my friend. There are these like, you know, cute little profile pictures. And I looked at them and I was like, yeah, these, these things are cute. Like, I'll support your friend, dude. I mean, it was that that's kind of what it was when we were first getting started, too. So we bought these Crypto Beans and that's how I met Jack. And Jack opened up my eyes to this whole other side of nfts and uh you know he's he's like you know the the real reason why i got like even more obsessive into all this stuff because you know he introduced me to the board api club and that's a life changer it changed my life dude dude the guy changed my life um for Um, for listeners do you mind telling us what the Four day floor yeah, is right now. I'll and, give the whole the whole no. I'll give the whole story. Give me, of like, give me the yeah. Give me the story. I want to know. I want the listeners to realize the impact of the value creation here. Um, if yeah, they're yeah. in the space, they've probably heard of it. But let's 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 assume some have it for sure. So you know, I I'd gotten this crypto bean from. I bought it, and then we had we started this little chat. We were talking about like you know the different projects and things that we were into. And Jack must have minted like 20 board apes and was like, guys, you guys got to, you know, come into this discord and hang out with the apes. They're totally crazy. It's probably the most exciting discord that I'm in. You guys need to do it. And Gavin was like, 
Yeah, you know, like I'm a little busy with you know making art and you know, yeah. When when, when was this? What what month? What year? This, this was in May. This was like the beginning of May of last year, of 2021. Okay. Yeah. And so Gav was busy, you know, with making art and doing his thing. And I was just, you know, distracted with everything else that was going on. I was like, you know, you know, we don't, we don't need to do this. This is good. We were also like, it was in the middle of a dip. It was, yeah, I was doing my thing on Tezos. I felt very like, you know, I felt like I was, I was doing the right thing. I was supporting these, you know, young artists and budding artists. And I was like, you know, this is kind of where my heart is and where my passion is. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of stick to this. Gavin was like, I'm making my art, you know, I'm, I'll support like my friends and the people around me, but like, I'm not trying to get into like, you know, these kind of projects. And Jack was like, you guys do not get it. You <laughs> must understand that. Like, this is the coolest thing that I've been part of. And he was pretty much just like here and check your wallets. And he sent Gavin and I each an ape. And I think he must have sent a bunch of other friends of his an ape at the same time, um, which like, honestly, at the time, the apes were like 800 or $900. So this was like one of the craziest gifts that anyone has ever sent me in my life. And what's it worth, what's it worth right now? I don't, I will, well, you know, well, yeah, it's worth a lot. I don't even want to think about it. Um, <laughs> i mean it's it's worth hundred crazy minimum. yeah at minimum yeah um so you know it was like he he sent me that and i was like you know what i i think that that's so cool like i'm gonna i'm gonna see what what's up with these apes like i'm gonna make it my profile picture i'm gonna you know i'm gonna lean into it so i made it my profile picture and like the next like that night I had like hundreds of new followers and like hundreds of new p- people like posting on my, my Twitter. And I was like, yo, this is crazy. I, I remember like going into the discord and like seeing the behavior of this group of people and just thinking like, Jack was right. This is awesome. Like I need to do whatever I can to get another one of these apes so that it can look like me and I can feel like, you know, I I'm really a part of it. So that's when I, I decided to buy another one, a cowboy one that I, here I can have my sticker, of course, up. I don't know if you can see it, but yeah, um, I got one on my computer too. Oh yeah. And yeah, I decided to get that. I decided to make it my profile picture and that is what really got, yeah, that's, that's, that's like the moment that changed my life in the NFT space is when I I guess my personification all heck overtook my reality of Josh and I, I just like dove into it. I went with it. And, um, you know, a couple months later after, you know, seeing the trajectory of that investment and how successful it was. And then, you know, just the, the dog that came with it. And then the, they sent you an airdrop of a serum and then mutants came and then, you know, the ape coin came and throughout the whole time, just, you know, kind of holding on for dear life as, you know, it really felt like there was like a rocket that was lit underneath your ass. Um, yeah, that was, and that was the, at the time, especially like back in December, that well, was, I guess that was before ape coin drops or anything, but I was like, I've never been this, I've never found this much success in anything in my life. And 
I need to take this as seriously as I possibly can to recognize this opportunity, which is in front of me. And perhaps it was just me winning the lottery, but I'm going to be paying attention from here on out every day and taking this just as seriously as I would take any other, you know, film responsibility or job responsibility in my life. And that was like that real, like, moment when the gears kind of switched and i was like all right like we're gonna we're gonna do this we're gonna figure out this web theory and really become this monkey picture and see what that does to my life so and it's worked out okay for you i got to share that eight so point far yeah yeah it's magical and it was it was every, every a lot of stuff in life is is luck right and timing and for what sure. have you but it takes a special special set of hodling balls to be able to watch these things go from nine hundred dollars to yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars and totally. not to sell. I'm- yeah, I I agree. Like I think you know everyone's everyone's situation is also different. You know we're we're just getting, um, you know we're still in like in pandemic and it it really displaced a lot of our lives and, you know, everyone's situation is very different, but, you know, I think it, it, I'm, I'm proud of some, like to, to be someone who pretty much sacrificed all of my, you know, every, pretty much everything to make my life as a producer work and happen. And, you know, when you, when you're making these movies, you kind of have to give everything your entire life to them so like i didn't have an apartment or a place that i was living um so i moved back home in the pandemic and with like with my my family and we have a great relationship and that's also what's like allowed me to put all of my money and time into the space i don't think everyone's like you know as committed to that lifestyle as you know someone who is like me and lives in their, you know, their mom's garage. But, you know, it, it was the kind of decision that I felt like I, I didn't understand why I would pay rent in a, during a pandemic and just like be alone in an apartment. Um, so I just decided to stay with family and I'm so glad that I did because <laughs> I would not have been able to, if I was paying for an apartment, like I would not have been able to have the money to spend on NFTs. So, um, you know, your industry, I mean, it was pretty much cut off for a period of time, right? Yeah, man, I mean, it's 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 been really sad what's happened to the industry, industry that is. Yeah. And yeah, and during the pandemic, I mean, some people have been able to to thrive and to to make it happen. Um, but for projects like mine who you know needed a bit of extra love in a foreign country to get finished, it was like we had to just stop and, and wait until we could be able to get back there and finish the production. So um, the good news is we're, we're finally starting to talk about finishing our movie. Uh, so I'm excited for that. And I think it's going to be fun because we'll, we'll have some, you know, we'll probably have some, some NFT. Um, not, I wouldn't say like an NFT component for this film, but like it, we'll, we'll have some like ENS addresses and stuff in the credits, which I think will be pretty funny. It will be, but you want to tell us a little bit about the project? I mean, chill, yeah, baby. Of course, of course. Amazing yeah, this, this, this is a film that we started shooting in 2019 in, in Manila. And it 
it has it has just a working title right now. Uh, it's called Nightwalk, but we then saw that there was like a Mickey Rourke movie called Nightwalk, so we're like, we can't call it Nightwalk. And then we also went to the Philippines and learned what Nightwalkers were, and that's not what this movie is about either. So we were like, all right, we have to change the title. Haven't found a better title, but the film is essentially about a foreign news correspondent who travels to the Philippines to document the um, the atrocities of the war on drugs and see something that she shouldn't have seen and documented documented it and then is on the run from the corrupt government officials to release it before she's captured it's like a you know it's like a international action film of sorts a crime drama um it's really it's really cool i'm i'm really excited about the project and um we we were that much closer to finishing it so yeah in the next hopefully this next year it'll be able to premiere are you going to be going back to manila personally i'm not because you know with this pandemic it's it's just it's too expensive and cost prohibitive to send every our entire crew back there so we're doing kind of it a little bit more um like a skeleton operation where we'll just send our absolute key personnel to the Philippines and we'll have a whole production team over there who will be able to facilitate the day-to-day production while we here, you know, operating it from zoom. So it'll be interesting, but about four untitled. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's awesome though. I'm glad A little bit of time. Yeah. 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 I'm excited for you. That's Thanks cool. man. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, Thanks for kind of giving us the insights of your participation into the space. Of course. Um, I want to get to some of the wisdom and insights, and I want to start with something that that you've shared with me before um, and let you share that with the audience, which is the three P's. Um, oh, yes, of course. Of course. Three P's. Of course. So, yeah, I guess like, you know, when it comes to making any kind of investment with your time or with your money, these are three things that I like to consider, um, you know, the most and the three P's um, like the first, the first being people. Number one, the, the people that you're investing in, the people that you're spending your time around, the people that you're learning from, that's number one. Uh, really uh, there's, there's no project or company that you could possibly invest in with this, you know, great idea that would ever become a success without the people who are behind the scenes. So doing your homework and figuring out who these different influential figures are is priority number one, because then it makes everything that much easier thereafter. Um, You know, if you're just able to pick the right people to invest in or to listen to Um, the process Number two, I think, I think, you know, especially when it comes to art and evaluating how an artist is able to execute their materials through their, you know, their creative process or through um, their, their business process, whatever it is. Um, I think in, in inspecting that and, and seeing that it was coming from a place of integrity, good faith and level measure is incredibly significant in evaluating whether or not you can 
you know, trust this person's perspective or, you know, whatever piece of, you know, art that you're judging or determining. Um, and people process, what was the other P that I was saying? There was another one. Patience. Yeah, it was patience. That was it. Um, patience is everything, man. That's, that really is <laughs> the defining attribute of your success in anything i i really think just in life frankly like you have to be able to practice patience and you have to be able to when you come up with a plan and you start to execute it you have to trust that you know trust that process and trust that you're you're well invested in, into the right time and the right the right pipeline so to accomplish that, I mean, it's, it's just really about trying to be present and not like getting FOMO by all of the distractions that are going to try and lure you, but to really just pay attention to the, the whispers in the, in the peripheral, which are oftentimes the most influential signposts that you'll have, you know, especially like what I've learned from, you know, producing movies is that, you know, you'll definitely hear the loudest noise and the loudest sound and it'll capture your attention. But in the same breath, you really need to pay attention to that, that whisper or that voice that is not as pronounced or that sign that is not as emboldened on the wall because oftentimes those whispers are really where the brilliance lies and really where is like like you know where you can learn the some of the secrets of life and if you're not really in touch with that like meditative and patient perspective it's really easy to block those those um those signs or those voices out so having patience listening and being present i would all just kind of like encapsulate into the patience p yeah i think yeah it's interesting it's it's like a pyramid almost right um on the base another p (laughs) (laughs) the three p pyramid right yeah Um, on the bottom you've got like if you if you 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 find the people you trust and do the work to make sure they're good people uh, and you build out a process, then it's just about trusting that process, which is the patience. Exactly. Right? Uh, exactly. Which could probably also be persistence. Let's have seven P's when we get. Yeah, to we can we can write a whole book on the P's. The P's frankly. of life. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure there's probably a book that's been written on these things. But like we said, like everything is just stolen and regurgitated. Um, which is yeah. also kind of like the part of the blockchain that I love is that everything's just like built on top of each other. Things are stolen all the time. It's all cool. You know, like that, CCO. Yeah, dude, CCO, like that whole just ideology is so exciting. And, uh, you know, very. I feel very energized by that whole new canon that i feel like we are you know a part of now yeah and 
I imagine some of the more serious NFT collectors are degens as yeah. my favorite uh, my favorite pronunciation credit towards of course degens. It's from yeah, uh, uh, Lord Truffington. Uh, shout out, yeah, <laughs> I'm an NFT degen. <laughs> wow, that's a good guy. I uh, know. Uh, amazing person in space. Follow at Laura Treffington if you do not and you want to learn. Um, always does some amazing tweets around like uh, just like an artist spotlight for art he doesn't even own. Um, cool. Yeah. And huge pack supporter, too, of course. That's how yeah, that's that's how I know him. I know that he's another ape who loves pack, who's a Maybe sibling. Oh. I know we're going to get Jack on the show soon. Maybe we can get Lord Truff in, in, on here too. And his yeah, you should. He'd be he'd be a great guest. Yeah. And also, oh, JC man, get JC on here. Oh, that'd be great. That'd I would love great. to hear that episode. <laughs> <laughs> I just love listening uh, to JC. I feel like uh, he's. I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna have. Uh, I'm just gonna have a, a stagnant person in the room with the pack circle to hear JC talk when packs in the man, room. Man, it'd be great just to get it. Just even just to get a cardboard cutout of JC to have like in the background of the episodes. Be so nice. <laughs> well, I wanted I wanted to dig in on on something. Um, you know, you have your your three Ps, and and the most important I think are the one on top is patience. Right, yeah, this is yeah, a space. Yeah. Or patience is non-existent, right? Somewhat, yeah. People are constantly looking for updates. Win, 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 win. It's so annoying. How do you deal with win culture and burnout? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't really. Like, I don't have the tolerance for the, you know, that kind of immature um, disposition because anyone who's building anything or producing any kind of quality asset that they're going to be introducing into the marketplace knows how long it takes to put something like this together. And, you know, just, just as, as we've grown up, as we've matured, as we've had different, you know, for me, different movie titles that were announced that took years to come out that you had to, you know, you had to wait for, or even just like game titles when you're a gamer and you, and you want like the sequel to, you know, breath of the wild or something to come out and you have to wait another year. Um, You know, I think, you know, these are, these are lessons that we, that we can learn from life. And I think, um, you know, when you go to like a theme park, for instance, and you're waiting online, for the roller coaster some of the most uh memorable moments uh with your whatever whoever you're at whatever theme park you're at um you know just just talking and kind of waiting and how special those times can be in between um so i i try and find communities who are a bit more patient and understanding to the process and um, you know, I, I don't, I don't get bogged down in the immaturity of, you know, the, the voices in discord or whatever. I also see how young so many people are in the space. I feel like we're old men at this yeah. point, like yeah. the, the, and that was like one of the real, another, like one of those light bulbs that kind of went off for me when I was first starting to explore this stuff was how many young people I started interacting with. You know, and and seeing just how many ten to fifteen year olds are around, um, 
in the space. So um, yeah, that, that makes me really bullish that this stuff is here for a long while and that we are, you know, we are just only beginning, frankly. Yeah. I mean, you can't get on any Instagram, what have you, and without hearing about a 13 year old that made a million dollars, you know, exactly. trading, trading NFTs. Now that's the exception folks. <laughs> it's not the rule. exactly, but yeah, it, it is. The youth is really adopting it. It, it meshes with whatever culture or vibe they're looking for, but it also leads to when I was that age, you know, not sounding like too old of a guy here. I feel like I'm shaking my fist saying slow down right now, but like slow, an old man. slow down, right? Yeah, like totally. it's hard. Yeah. You know, I get excited about everything. Yeah. Um, I think You're like a little try- puppy dog. You get very, very yeah. excited. And I'm, I'm 36 years old in yeah. a month, right? In a couple of <laughs> months, right? Like yeah. I just, that's, that's my personality and I'll never lose that, but it also requires a lot more focus on self-control, right? And and I've used you as that barometer many times. Thank you, sir. Um, For what, you know, going back to when you were talking about Jack, you are my Jack, right? Um, You know, that, that's the way I view you. You, you were the one that introduced me, but also the one that was real along this whole path. That was my kind of like my, trusted advisor, if you will, my mentor. I, I introduce you as my mentor often and even in the intro introduced mentor. So um, you're too sweet. Yeah, man. yeah dude. No, I, I just feel like I've learned so much from you too, man. Like, you know, this this process has has really opened up my eyes to you know like how much can be possible within one's life. Frankly, I see the way that you're able to manage your time with your family. And, you know, with your other job before when you were doing that. And I always, I always really admired how you were able to wear so many hats and, you know, be able to jump back and forth between all of these different worlds where I'm someone who just kind of like, like I, I have to be in the, like, you know, in what I'm doing or else like, I'll just get completely spun out of control. So yeah, it's an interesting skill. It's funny. One of the insights I had just today is when I was working, I used to be in-house counsel at a software company and every moment that was not with my family uh, was probably spent in Discord and or group chats about NFTs or Web3 yeah. um, or preaching to somebody about it over coffee. Um, and I start when I, when I, so I, I've been now six weeks uh, since I left my job and I think I'm actually spending less time in discord. Um, it is, it's, I guess, I mean, I'm starting a business here, right? Like yeah. there's a podcast, there's other things I'm doing. There's coaching that I'm doing for certain corporate organizations coming up soon. Like it's just ways to reflect my passion and my beliefs about this space upon other people and most of those are still not facilitated through discord Hmm. right i'm not going to go pick up a corporate client in discord the people that are in discord in my communities already understand what web3 is right yeah yeah yeah. Um, but i'm trying to get more people into that and to be in communities like the ones that you like the ones that we are in together the ones that almost appreciate the lulls right totally 
those lulls are reserved for getting to know your community, figuring out, you know, what, like reflecting on what, how projects did uh, this morning, you would appreciate this. I think you may have, dis- may have tried to play this game for a little while. Did you ever get involved with Boonji? <laughs> no, I've never even heard of it. It was like, uh, God, what was the artist's name? I can't remember, but he was a fine art uh, sculptor. Yeah. Um, was coming out with the, an NFT that's like this, the helmet with the art in the background, like the uh, space helmet, okay. astronaut's helmet. And it was hype. I mean, it's just like crazy. And like, I tried to submit some derivatives trying to get on the white list. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Every time this happens, it goes like this. So if I really like the art, right, and I'm not caught up in the hype, am I not going to have a better opportunity cost of capital by waiting? Well, <laughs> fast forward to today, a friend of mine who will be coming on the show at some point too, TJ. <laughs> Did you know you could burn five boonjis to get a super boonji? Oh, God. <laughs> and I look at the price of boonjis, 0.15, right, ETH. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, so these things fizzle out. So you can appreciate the, are you getting into this? And you see people like the new individuals in our discord, when they first get in there, you see that excitement, right? Oh yeah. Uh, and I feel like it's like our duty to embrace them, but it also at the same time, give them a reality check, right? For sure. Uh, you know, and uh, let them know there will always be more projects. It seems like this project is everything right now. Yeah, it's true. It's, uh, it's, it's easy. It's just to got to get like, you know, taken not for take yeah taken for a ride in some of these projects you know there is so much like positivity and even like toxic positivity around that you kind of lose sight of how much time you're spending or how much money you're investing in some of these things that will inevitably just go to zero i'm like you know if you learn something if you're having fun that's one thing but if you're doing it because you think that it's going to change your life the same way the apes did then then you're just gambling. You should reevaluate, yeah, what you're doing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so I want to turn to kind of the the closing of this, and I want I want to talk a little bit about uh, the near term and long term vision for yourself. Um, you know what what are the, what's the good, the bad, and the ugly that you see in you know the next six months or so, and then you know. What are, what are your where are your dream best cases and dream worst cases a couple of years down the line? For sure. Okay. So, you know, with any with any market as volatile as this, you know, we're in for some more crashes. We're in for some serious market cycles. Um, we are definitely still early with this stuff, and there's so many people who still just don't understand it or don't have the patience to figure it out. And, you know, I, I am so excited about the surprises that are around the corner. Like, I think that's like the thing that I'm the most curious about in general in life is, is looking for those moments where I, you know, am, am amazed or kind of just smacked with a realism that um, challenges everything that I thought I knew about the world. And I think there's so much opportunity for that within NFTs and with collecting and, you know, with these different airdrops that are going to happen. 
I'm very much looking forward to the next airdrop that's going to just change our lives. <laughs> like, you know, have all of us just completely, like, you know, explode with enthusiasm and excitement that brings a lot of liquidity into the NFT space, um, which that can happen from a number of different resources at this point. Um, you know, Thanks just specific. getting. Um, no, but like, you know, imagine if, like, you know, the very obvious ones of like, foundation or metamask or open or you know any of these just like interfaces that we use on a day-to-day basis that could send some kind of governance tokens to those participants and users and that's like something that i've i've really come to value is just like rewarding the the people that are utilizing your work or your um your platform um just really kind of like yeah like like how much we are benefiting just by subscribing to the same thoughts um i call it the monetizing participation or socialization yeah yeah like how cool is that man like it's never been possible before it's yeah i'm i'm very speculative by that i'm super excited about that i i cannot really wait for like you know right at the beginning of the pandemic i was playing animal crossing all the time um and there's going to be a game like that that's going to be like play to earn and that we're going to be able to get obsessed with and be able to monetize at the same time and i'm I'm really excited for that like i'm really excited to be like addicted to a game (laughs) that is you know, a passive income stream. Uh, I very much look forward to that. I, I also look forward to decentralized content creation where, you know, there's something like a studio DAO or there's DeFi film or, you know, there's, there are ways where we can take traditional entertainment and decentralize the green lighting process or the financing of these things to really inject what we would like as the consumers to see in the marketplace. And I think for indie film specifically, this is going to be revolutionary. So I am incredibly excited for that. I'm really excited to like discover a new artist within NFTs and be able to collect their NFT before they win their first Grammy and watch their trajectory. Like, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see PAX first museum retrospective or, you know, Rafik in the MoMA, you know, exhibited in, in like, you know, one of their true exhibitions. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like there's so much to really look forward to um, when we're, when it's all just kind of first getting started. I can't wait to see what happens with Gavin and his career, frankly. Uh, you know, uh, and see like what he'll be able to create. It's always just one is better than the next. So, um, you know, obviously like, I think that that puts a lot of pressure on a lot of creatives and and people to perform, but so far, you know, everyone's rising to the occasion. Um, there, and then just even in the short term, like I'm, I'm looking forward to the, you know, the, the um, the other side, whatever the apes metaverse that they're dropping is going to be, and you know even in the immediate future, like this week, 
I'm looking forward to this Rafik drop, which I'm super excited about. And Spend you know, some emotions like the, on that one. Oh, there's, there's just, I mean, I. Uh, it, it took me a lot to get to the tier that I wanted to be in. Um, but now that I was able to beg, borrow and trade and steal to get to be able to mint the pieces that I want to mint, I am <laughs> really happy. Like and a true spoken, like a true Catan. Exactly, man. I, that, that game is really where it, it all started, of course. Uh. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that drop. I think that's probably like the, the drop that I'm like the most looking forward to right now, along with beans and what Jack is building. I like the beans Dow project is something that I feel like we've been talking about and working on for so long at this point. It feels like almost, um, you know, like why, why would we even give any time to talk about that? However, we need to because this project is probably um yeah this is probably like one of my jobs at this point i would say is is being a member of the beans dow with jack and we you know with you and our awesome team where you know it all kind of started again with buying those crypto beans last year when we all just kind of wanted to support our buddy Jack that I went, by the way, just, yeah. just so everybody knows I went yeah. through almost the exact same process you went through to get a crypto bean. Yeah. Except for Gavin was not present. It was me and <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. And you're like, Jack, crypto beans, check them out. And I'm like, Oh, cool. And then I like talked to Jack or play Katama. I was like, Oh, what a cool dude. Yeah. I'll buy one of those. <laughs> yeah. Just like getting, getting, all of our friends to start supporting, you know, in a lot of ways, the beans Dow could be the realization of the things that you mentioned before that, especially a, you know, decentralized studio or something like that. That's the whole point of, of something like beans Dow, which, you know, just so everyone knows is a hard fork of what we call the nouns Dow. They were the, the OGs in this mechanism and this type of IP management, But what it is, it's completely uh, open source IP, CCO. Uh, One NFT is released every 24 hours for an auction. Whoever wins that gets a seat at the table. Uh, And 100% of the proceeds from that uh, go to the treasury. And those who win the seats at the table, those who win the NFTs get to manage that treasury and uh, make proposals on how to spend it with the ultimate goal being to proliferate uh, the IP and make it ubiquitous, right? So everybody knows what a bean is. I mean, they're pretty freaking cute, man. I mean, there's a reason he's sitting right there over my shoulder or she, whoever it is, right? Sitting right there. and it's a pretty magical project. And it's something that, you know, you were the earliest back when it was Mashka Labs. But um, yeah. I mean, it brought me in and and we've really just been like the vibe checkers in the community with, you know, obviously you at the lead and just to see it grow and organically. And there's so much talented people in there that are genuinely Amazing. interested in how they can help this space and, and of course themselves, but the space, right? Like to see that and put some spending power behind it. What it does is it really helps us to come to fruition, like a, like self-fulfilling 
in like ecosystem that can provide a means, right? But also let you realize your dreams, right? Totally. A means totally to your dreams, if you will. Yeah, it's, with, it's a it's, means it's, to your dreams with the beans. Is that a sound bite? <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, growing growing dreams with beans. Yeah. And, I, you know, just to kind of wrap up a little bit, I think one of the I don't know if they if my eyes were captured when you mentioned a specific thing, but you said um, something along the lines of allowing the decentralized studio or, or having a decentralized studio will really take almost take the filter off of creativity. And to me, that's the biggest promise. Right. Yeah, this is to, to me, this is an enlightenment, right? This is like creators truly owning what they do. And the way that we're doing that is it's now flatter, right? It's yeah, now yeah. a much more flatter architecture. It was not possible before, but now it is. And what does that mean for creative genius, right? Or, or just pent up creativity um, that some of us would never even think twice about. Uh, I mean, how many people are in our community that were ex-corporate design people and are now have produced multiple pieces of, of art, multiple NFTs, made good money uh, doing it inside the space? It's very common. Um, to see for those, sure. they would not have had that opportunity, but for the space, right? And now we get to hang out with them. <laughs> right. Hmm. Well, cool. Um, I appreciate the time. Do you have any closing thoughts? Also, let us know how we can get in touch with you because I know you've shared a lot of valuable perspectives about the art side of NFTs. Please do not get in touch with me. I have no interest in getting in touch with anyone to listen to this. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, like my my Twitter messages, I think are open to anyone. I get so much spam in there. Like, I wish people just had more tact with trying to get your attention instead of like, Hey, check out my NFT, please buy. What do you think? You know, it's like, dude, come on. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like I'm, I'm very easy to get in touch with and, and chat with. And um, I don't like to be shilled anything or kind of, I, I can tell when someone's being disingenuous, but when someone's like trying to ask something or learn or, you know, need some advice or anything, I'm always there <clears throat> for anything like um, with film, with any, anything with collecting art or any of this stuff. Like I, I feel like I'm, I'm quite open to any new young um, voices who are looking to connect like minds looking to connect. Thank you for that. I appreciate yeah, it. Oh, heck, I appreciate it, Josh. This has been excellently fun. And we, I, I hope we can have you on again. I, I really like the idea of, of continuing the discussion as this space moves forward. We're going to have tons of new material. So I Great, appreciate man. it. It'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope that this was everything that you wanted Imagine. it to be. Yeah. Awesome. Great, dude. All right. Thanks. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Thanks for joining Web3 with me. Make sure to follow us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Also, if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review as it'll help us reach more people. If you want to connect with me personally, you can find me on Twitter at offedge underscore. Thanks for vibing in the verse with me and hope you'll join us next time.